Welcome to Action Replay's Extra Time Podcast. I'm Gavin O'Callaghan. With me here in the studio is Breen McGinn and Enda Cole. How are you doing, lads? Oh, not too bad. Uh, we're going to talk Rugby World Cup, Australia, New Zealand, the Premier League fixtures, tactics team, Ireland versus Bosnia, and Conor McGregor's love for the poppies. Um, lads, who's going to win the World Cup tomorrow? Uh, I think it's going to be New Zealand, just because I think Australia play... They don't. It's not even that they play too openly in most games, but in this game they're gonna have to be perfect because New Zealand are n- the nearest thing to perfect in rugby. Uh, their backs are just absolutely fantastic. The flair that they've shown both teams as well. You know you have to give credit to the Australian backs. They're top class as well. But I just think, uh, although New Zealand have shown f- a few frailties in discipline, I just think they're more disciplined than Australia, and it could be them fine margins that dictate who wins this game. Well, I, I think it's going to be a very, very tight match. Uh, it's going to come down to. I think it's going to come down to the breakdown. If Australia control can control the breakdown mm. like they do all tournament, uh, I think New Zealand will struggle. I think if New Zealand attack, or if Australia attack New Zealand, get get in their faces, put them under pressure, then that will show the cracks in the New Zealand offloads. But ultimately, I think it's going to come down to uh, who's who's the best uh, fly half. Carter or uh, Foley. Oh, that's gonna be a good. That's gonna be a yeah. good uh, exchange in uh, blows for kicking as well. You exactly. Know? Like uh, Foley. Foley's been the kicker of the tournament, in my opinion, uh, except for maybe he, he had a poor enough uh, semi-final. Uh, but uh, Carter, of course, has been he's been probably the best of uh, ever, if not in the past twenty years in a way. And I think it's gonna be a very very tight game. Yeah, yeah. You kind of have to look at Australia, and they're they're too. Key, they have a f- load of key players, but Michael Huber and David Pocock have just been ever since that England game. They, but they, they kind of just stamped their kind of their grasp on on every match they've played since then. They've been vital for the breakdown, as we say, turnovers, winning penalties uh, in the rocks, and 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 uh, then you have Bernard Foley who can change games. It was him versus England. A lot of people were saying uh, when he was scoring most the majority of their scores. Uh, is Ray Falau oh, such a great weapon to have in fullback? Um, but you got to look at New Zealand. They've got match runners. They've won the World Cup in the last year, and they do have the upper hand over Australia in recent ties, uh, m- most of the recent ties. It's, it's such a fascinating... This is the final that we want, not from an Irish perspective, but from a rugby perspective. We wanted to see this final. Australia play, play New Zealand, the two best teams in the world, and I can't wait to watch it on Saturday. Not so sure from an IRFU ticket <laughs> perspective, though. But do you think, like, Australia 
do you think it would benefit them that they've only had to play Scotland and Argentina to get to the final because they're not exactly powerhouses of world rugby well, either m- my, my tip for the start of the World Cup it was a bit of a slight dark horse because they weren't in the best shape but I, I tip South Africa to, to win it because they have once again they won it this two World Cups ago and, and they have a few, they have a few players that their forward line is just absolutely spectacular and it a coin toss could have won that game. I think that resilience that New Zealand showed uh, at the end of that game w- will stand to them. But then again, you could look on the other side of the coin. You could say it could have an Ireland effect like they did. They bet France, but that game had such a toll on the Irish performance against Argentina that maybe it might take a lot out of them. I don't know if that's the professionalism and the, the conditioning of New Zealand if it will affect them that much, but you, you never know. Um all you know is both teams are going to be completely up for it and it's going to be, the sparks will fly. Where were you for the Argentina game? I was in America in a, in a, in a bar, Maguire's Pub uh, in Queens uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning over there and uh, it was, there was, the bar was closed, it was my cousin's uh, Teas wedding. Teas and coffees? Hmm? Teas and coffees? Uh, most certainly not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I came, knocked on the door, the place wasn't supposed to be open and uh, we, were, we were watching the game and there was a lot of people who were drinking all night there that didn't have a clue what was going on, but I was there, you know, f- fairly fresh, you know, it was early in the morning and it was really disappointing. I just thought that, you know, Ireland started too slowly and that sh- they, there was too much to do for them. I think simply that was it and because the injuries they had and the the fitness, all them hard hits that France gave them really, it, it also stood to France as well. It didn't stand to France. They They fell apart against New Zealand and I think that game kind of was the downfall for both sides. I think uh, going off of what Brain saying there that Ireland didn't start well if New Zealand don't start the game well Australia are the team that's going to pun- yep. punish them the most especially with Foley's kicking he can get them into good territory uh, if he control, if Australia control the territory then I don't think New Zealand will be able to cope with them but at the end of the day we're, we're looking at the best team in the world we've seen what they did to France Yeah, the, that was the closest to perfection rugby has ever gotten mm-hmm. in my opinion uh, if they can, con- if the wingers, if New-, New Zealand get the wingers into play, get their offloads going, then uh, I think uh, they will dominate the game. But of course, like it's just such a hard, such a hard game to predict because both teams have been so good. And they time. match winners, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And where where one team kind of has upper hand, the other team counteracts that with another. For example, like New Zealand, New Zealand's offload has been fantastic, but Australia's backs. Uh, have been in every team's faces and if they can put New Zealand under pressure then the cracks will start to show uh, I want to see as much as I can Julian Tavea get get on the ball we saw his try against France where he boshed two fellas and in, in running into the try I've never read well it, that's a, just a part and parcel of New Zealand rugby you know strength power and just class uh, I also I want to see uh, Miller Scudder get the ball as well he's been just fantastic in flair uh, he's actually my tip for first uh, try score. If there, there mightn't even be a try. There's a lot of people that say it could be another France New Zealand. Oh. I don't. I don't quite agree with that. Uh, but I think what makes this fascinating is if you said this a year or two ago, if um, if we were talking about scrum time, New Zealand would have just blown Australia out of the water. But their forwards, Australia have come leaps and bounds uh, in the past twelve months, and as we've seen they, they, they're a force to be reckoned with so it's going to be two, two absolute titans clashing uh, at the scrum time so as you said it's going to be absolutely fascinating but I, I, it's really hard to predict but I'm going to just have to go with New Zealand I'd say Do you want to give us a point guess? 18-12 uh, New Zealand Enda? Um, I'm going to go 
New Zealand 21, Australia 15. Oh. <laughs> and just looking back on the World Cup as a whole, um, we've kind of been looking at the papers a little bit over the last few days and Schmidt's job has been floating about, but... <sighs> That's abso- Do you believe it? No, no, that's absolutely ridiculous. And that's basically, in my opinion, that's um, British outlets trying to just mm. get back at uh, the kind of Irish slagging that they were given when England, England's World Cup was shorter <laughs> than uh, Sean O'Brien's appearing uh, uh, for his uh, punch uh, against France. I, I think it's, 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 it's completely unfair. Do you think there's a little unsettling there as well with just trying to get him into England? Because it's same, the same thing's happening to Gatland as well. I don't think he's going to England. No, he's, I, he's not going to England. I yeah. think he's really happy. Sure, he just got his passport off, uh, <laughs> off uh, right before the tournament. Uh, I no, honestly, what, why we lost to Argentina? Argentina, did we take it for granted? I don't think we did. I think uh, we, we we knew what they had. I think, of course, the the start surprised us a little bit. I wouldn't say we took them for granted. We knew they were going to be really really difficult. Uh, what I call Argentina, they're a better Italy. They they have really powerful forwards, but they just they can last longer. That they have this more stamina, it seems, than Italy. Uh, you know, the we have their stereotypical Italy of you know lasting about fifty, sixty yeah. minutes and fading away. I, I think they're very similar teams. Uh, but I I think you uh, think they'll flame third tonight. Does not matter? It, Does I don't I don't care? know. See, you just it depends. I I, I don't know if South Africa. Do they want to win it? You know, I think that's what the question is. Uh, I think Argentina have a lot of uh, pride left to play for South Africa. Kind of see it as maybe a minor uh, disappointment where they are. And Would they you scrap the third place playoff given the choice? <laughs> oh no! I, uh, third place is way better than fourth place in my eyes. Uh, it's a great chance for um, Argentina. I think to to be to because there's also rankings and all these things to come into place. And if you beat South Africa, it's uh, very famous for your country. I think. The fans will be asking for a great performance by them, but uh, no, I, I'm going to have to go with South Africa just because they were my tip for the start for the World Cup. Um, well, to start off with the Joe Smith, I don't think he's going to. No. He's definitely not going to England anyway. I was uh, talking to George Hook, and uh, he said <laughs> <laughs> bumped into him on the street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's in contract until 2017, so he can't leave, and Ireland aren't going to let him leave. Uh, but if he's going anywhere, it's going to be New Zealand. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. One uh, was Southern Hemisphere, and anyway, I think Hemisphere team uh, where he can uh, do what he does best and uh, fix offloads and get. I mean, people were saying before criticizing uh, Joe Smith because you can't teach people how to offload the ball. It's something that you're born with, and I think that may have been what happened to Ireland work in this World Cup. They're a bit one dimensional. They're very, very, uh, very easy to read. Uh, I think Ian Madigan was very poor in the in the quarter final. Um, he did, in it's my opinion, his hair. Hmm? It's the hair. No, it's, that's just, that's a soccer uh, kind of thing to think about. <laughs> Fernando, Adebay- Fernando Torres, yeah, Adebayor as well. But no, no, I I I honestly think like, look, you have four absolutely world class players that could get into most teams across the, across the world that were inj- that were injured and not not uh, fit enough. I think they kind of did us a little bit of a favour beating us because I think if we still had them injuries in for the, the um, Australia game, it could have been uh, a cricket score uh, without, without a doubt. Um, but I, I, like you can't, you can't expect to have a world-class performance with four, four top-class... Like, that's just under a third of your, your, your team, your starting team. I know our, we, we were always talking about Ireland's strength and depth like, that they had this year that they didn't have in previous years, but... 
come on, Sean O'Brien, Johnny Sexton, Paul O'Connell, and uh, although Paul O'Connell, a lot of people, as as much as it's sad that he got uh, he's retired and all that due to injury, Ian Henderson was a fantastic uh, person to fit in from, but. I think the biggest person was Peter O'Mahony. Peter O'Mahony has been arguably our best player in the past. Him and Johnny Sexton, in my opinion, have been the best players. Uh, he's been a leader in the the pack, and uh, I think ultimately, if we had him, I think it, things could have been a little bit different. And O'Mahony was fantastic against France. Oh, he's he was the best player on the pitch before he went off. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Right. We move on to the football. Oh, go go for it. <laughs> Start with the Premier League. Huge game tomorrow, Bream again. Yeah, uh, we have Chelsea at home to Liverpool. Oh, it's your thoughts. Uh, intriguing is a slight understatement. It's actually a major understatement. Klopp. I I don't believe Chelsea have faced a Klopp team in uh, competitive football yet. Uh, it's going to be one of these two huge egos. Although Ch- Jose will not be on the sideline, it seems. Uh, but they're they're both. You know, the two coaches are just they're phenomenal to watch, just as entertainment perspective. Uh, Liverpool are missing two strikers that who's going to fill in Danny Ings I, although his his pace is going to be upsetting the centre halves of Chelsea because we all know Chelsea centre halves are quite slow um, and no Matic it's it's not looking too good and the pace of Firmino the pace of Coutinho um, uh, Jordan Ibe if he gets a start you know it, it is quite a scary prospect but I think now Chelsea have to start to understand this is it. They have to bring out a performance. It, it, there is no, you can't just keep going into this lull. Uh, they need some positivity at the club desperately. I saw Ramirez sign a new contract. I was delighted to see because he's been in such a fantastic um, player for Chelsea over the years. Uh, I, I I couldn't tell you who's going to win. I'm, I probably will back Chelsea just for sentimental value, but I don't think that'll be safe money at the end of the day. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I think it's make or break for Chelsea at this stage, make or break for Mourinho. Uh, it could it could turn Liverpool's season around if they win it. It could turn Chelsea's season around if they win it. I mean, uh, it's really it's two teams that are struggling to score, two teams that are struggling to 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 win games and not concede when it's important. Um, I think if if Mourinho was on the sideline, Chelsea would be. In a worse position than they are now, because because if he if his ego is on the sideline and with all the negativity they surround him, then they're not going to perform to the way they can. Uh, I think that Klopp, if they're if he can get the, his team to get in Chelsea's faces, depends use, how you, long he can teach them to use the swarm of bees approach. Really, though. yeah, I know, yeah. If if they can use their pace, use their power, get in Chelsea's <laughs> faces, and I mean, if you look at Chelsea's defense, Terry Cahill. And Ivanovic, they're the three slowest defenders you can think of. And Per uh, Mertesacker, but yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I take your point. Yeah, uh, if they can, if if Firmino plays as well as he did uh, during the week, I think he can cause them trouble. But I, I, I actually, I'm, I'm going to kick myself for saying this, but I hope Chelsea win it. No, oh, that's from a United perspective, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, from a United. Perspective. I think the the Chelsea win is more important than Liverpool winning. Not from my point of view, from the point of view of. If Chelsea want to get into the top four, they need to start straight away by uh, 
winning against uh, a rival for that top four spot. And um, we're going to talk about later about the the kind of second yeah. tier teams as well. Uh, I, I think the Liverpool fans can be pretty accepting like that. Klopp isn't going to turn it around in a week. Yeah, no, and they and it is a it's a complete tactical flip of the table. Yeah, really. you you know different Liverpool fans <laughs> than me. <then>, so. <laughs> no, it's, it's a, no, but it, 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 you're hundred percent right, and especially without the two strikers up front, like either or Benteke, they give completely two different uh, uh, types of firepower up there. But it's going to be tough to kind of implement your your kind of your theories and your. Uh, the kind of way you want your team to be playing if you don't have not even one or your second string striker up front, you know, because he's going to want to kind of centre his tactics around that position. Look, um, it hasn't been a great week for Manchester United either, and away to Crystal Palace. Well, I don't know, it was Middlesbrough, wasn't it? No, no, well, tomorrow they're away oh, to tom- Crystal oh, Palace. tomorrow, yeah, yeah. Um, who well, also haven't had a well, great week, I Crystal Palace got by 5-1, uh, I think I think there's a lot of negativity around Manchester United for no reason. I mean, we're two points behind the league, uh, the leaders of the table. Um, in my opinion, we have a much much uh, worse squad than Man City. Do you think that's because they're them? doing well, or just every other team in the Premier League seems to be underachieving at the moment? Well, in my, at this stage of the uh, season last year, United had 13 points, so there's clear signs of improvement. Uh, I think. I, I don't agree with the opinion that United are boring to watch. They're they're very tactical in the way they go about. And when you look at the teams that are playing in the Premier League, United don't play a style very different to them. But I think it's just the fact that there's been around United for so long, Sir Alex Ferguson, it's the Manchester United way. Um, I think people need to understand that it's not Ma- it's not Sir Alex Ferguson there anymore. It's, it's, it was it's, the Ferguson way. It wasn't the United way. way. It yeah. wasn't the United way. Yeah. Um, I think Martial is a great fit for us. Of Absolutely astonishing signing. I, I said before, uh, I would be shocked if he started, uh, if he started from the start and went on that way. And he, look at you he, thought he was going to fade away. I, I yeah. thought he, uh, I, I wasn't sure. Like I, I didn't think he would uh, get into the team so quickly and establish himself in the Premier League so quickly. But I mean, he's, uh, he's he won Player of the Month in his first month, and I think that's a great, great achievement. And I Have you been happy with Memphis? Uh, not really, to be honest. I thought he, I thought he would be the one to inject pace into United, uh, where he hasn't. Uh, it, it has been Marshall who's taken up that reign. I think uh, Wayne Rooney. Uh, it's a, it's a completely different situation. Wayne missed Rooney. a penalty. He he missed a penalty. He's not scoring goals. Uh, I read an article over the week. Shavi uh, said that uh, Wayne Rooney should accept the fact that he's not a striker anymore. That he's a midfielder, which. I would tend to agree and disagree in some stages. Uh, I think Rooney. That's because it's so complicated. You don't know what to do exactly. with Wayne Rooney. You know, you don't know what position he is. He's kind of. You don't know whether to put him as a floating kind of mother player. You know, like in my eyes, Wayne Rooney will always be one of the best strikers ever to set foot on a football pitch. I, I know Breen probably wouldn't agree with that, but uh, I mean, he's he was never going to be the, that great forever. I think the fact that he's English is making a. I completely it's just blown it out of the water if yep. it was any other player everyone yep. would just accept that his age and move on but I think it's uh, all the criticism to, most of the criticism to United has been totally unjustified look at their stats they have the tied lowest goals conceded which you could say it's their defensive tactics because they also have the tied 7th with Chelsea and goals scored 15 goals they're goal. They're not scoring loads, but they're not. They're definitely not. They're being stingy. And you have to include the Arsenal match where they lost three 0 Like that means, apart from the Arsenal match, they've only conceded five goals this year. Real Madrid have only conceded 
three, I think, maybe four this year. So if you put that into perspective, I think Manchester United, they're doing well with the team. You have to think of the amount of um, introductions they've brought from signings over the summer and how they all have to gel and, and whatnot, you know, but it's compl- it's so unfair and I, I still I have them as title contenders I don't think they're going to win the title uh, personally I think Man City Ars- more so Arsenal just because they're more of a settled squad but I, I honestly think they're, he's doing a good job even though I'm not a fan of Louis but Van Gaal do you Hall. think he just promises one thing and then what you see on the pitch is another oh yeah he says we're going to play good football, football we're going to play good football and then you watch it and uh, that was and the he, most then he sticks the big guy up front to but claim th- that that Manchester derby like you got to think of it Man City didn't go there I don't think to win I, I honestly don't they were missing uh, Aguero and Silva for the most part they're two just absolutely spectacular players Uh you knew that United have been stingy in defence, that they were going to kind of handle Boney fairly well. I kind of predicted that, but there wasn't... I, I was just a little bit disappointed United didn't say, right, we've gotten a few hidings off uh, City in previous years, you know, why don't we just go and try and risk getting the win at home in front of the fans? There didn't seem to be that kind of intensity. The Both teams just kind of accepted, look, if we get a point at home at home to Man City, the cha- uh, who, who one of the big title contenders, we're not losing any ground, and City were thinking the same thing, you know? Yeah. I would have just wished to see some sort of initiative and kind of just, just a want, a willing to win the match by Manchester United. I wouldn't agree that it's... Uh an ugly football that United are playing because it's not. I mean, uh, ugly football, in my opinion, is getting two two fast wingers, a big forward, Fellaini, and sticking them in there and hoofing it up to them. But that's not what United are doing. United are controlling the games by controlling possession. And that's why they're not conceding any goals because the other, player, the other team doesn't have the ball. But I think what people are kind of getting at is United control the ball, but they don't attack which, in my opinion... It's the exact is, thing they complained about under Moyes as well. Then. Yeah, but but Moyes, Moyes was conceding goals. And I think a major factor for United this year has been Chris Smalling. I yeah. mean, for In my opinion, he's been the best defender, best centre-half in uh, the Premier League this year. Uh, most solid, most consistent. And that's what United have been wa- searching for for the past three or four years. Especially from him. Especially for him, but... Because him and Phil Jones have been, we've been waiting for five, six years for them. Johnny to Evans, it. even McNair. Did you see, see Lady disallowed on goal? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> amazing. They just, they just wanted them to mature into defenders that they were Rio Ferdinand Village. They were training them up, and finally, finally, Smallin has shown a bit of sight and shown a bit of maturity and taken up that role. Do you, do you think Schneiderlin, Schweinsteiger, do you think that's kind of helped him as well, a bit of cover in front of him? Because Blind was kind of playing midfield for a lot of the yeah. time. And he's, he does play stints as well this season, but do you think that kind of shield in front of him, as we've seen Matic doing with Chelsea last year, do you think that's a big factor? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a major factor because um, Schneiderlin, he he just breaks up every, every, every ball, yeah. especially from the start of the season. First five matches, he had the most interceptions in the Premier League. Uh, I think uh, Schweinsteiger, to a lesser extent, maybe. I, I still think that we need to uh, look to the future and get another midfielder in. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, from Palace's perspective, though, do you think they have a chance? From pa- of course they have a chance. They're, they're, they're doing very they're, well. They're seventh place. Uh, they have Johan Kabay, who's been an absolutely fantastic I'm signing for them. still very bitter that he didn't go to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's been absolutely fantastic for them. Um 
they have a lot of pace and they have Balassi out the wing. They can they can they can cause trouble, especially if the, if they get crosses into the box. Uh, Daily Blind is not uh, strong under the high ball, so we also have to talk later. We'll be talking about Damien Delaney and you know the Irish squad, oh, but yeah. Damien Delaney is is just an abs- I think he's he's he could be up there in team of the year so far. If you had to pick a team of the year so far in centre half, him him company and Smalling for me have been just the best centre halves in the league this year. Uh, he totally took. Uh, Control. He took Costa out of the game when Chelsea were playing him. I've seen him a few other times. He's just been superb and a commander on the pitch. Uh, but they they also have McCarthy. They have they have a few. They have a load of options going up front. Them them. They have three or four strikers to pick from. Uh, uh, it's it's very good. They they ha- they have this feisty nature that, as a neutral, if you are a neutral watching the match, you really like to see from Crystal Palace. Uh, their fans are. There's gonna it's gonna be rocking Sellers yeah, Park. It's I, a fantastic ground for a small ground. I like Crystal Palace. Yeah, honest, like. it's beca- it's kind of like when Pochettino was at Southampton, and you've seen the kind of forward press, the suffocation that the Southampton team gave the other teams, and losing the ball and then stinging on the counter. But th- it's more of a feisty. Uh, we're not going to be bullied by the bigger teams kind of thing. It's we like to see it as an Irish perspective as well. Uh, I give him a great chance against Man United because if if Man United don't score the goal, don't score the goals because. That's the big question around Manchester United. If they don't score the goal, Crystal Palace, I think, pretty will do that. Are they worth one in your accumulator then? Uh, I don't know. So I'm not sure. No, I think I'll stay away from that one just because Man United's goal scoring is slightly under fire. So the other one of the other three o'clock kickoffs is Swansea at home to Arsenal. Who? What's going on with that? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, they've just. You know, Bayern Munich, I was over in America at the time and I, I just saw the highlights and I thought it was 2 0 Bayern Munich and then I looked up again, it was 2 0 Arsenal and I just shook my head and I've watched the highlights since and, you know, it was just a typical England versus a, a better team abroad. It's, you know, backs against the wall stuff and then hopefully sting them on the counter. Uh, the goals were, you know, they were near towards the end and, you know, uh, thank God for the for, for Arsenal if, from an Arsenal standpoint the goal line technology because I didn't think that was a goal at first so I don't think I. anyone did uh, bar I didn't think it mattered at too much at that stage no yeah. no it didn't uh, and but it's then Sheffield Wednesday uh, who can actually do it on a Tuesday now yeah. that's I think that's the most shocking <laughs> thing about Tuesdays. that on a rainy Tuesdays yeah yeah uh, Arsenal I think it's going to be back to business as usual in the Premier League uh, Swansea underperforming just not I don't think it's that I think they're just not performing as well as they were last year um, with, with Gary Monk Gary Monk is now the fo- I think he's the fourth favourite to be the next have those manager as well that pull it out of the bag I'm not saying yeah yeah they do and it's a team that like Swansea could surprise they, they, they have a good record against big teams they, they've beaten Chelsea's before they've beaten Manchester United's before they've beaten Arsenal uh, Liverpool they've given a few runs as well they're, they're a team also like Crystal Palace they have this mentality we're not going to sit back this is um, they're away as well, I believe. Uh, yeah, Swansea are at home, like yeah. So, at home in Wales, you just never know. No. But if if Arsenal turn it on like they turned it on against United, like I mean that's that's the switch Arsenal have. If they can get their passing game going, get get Ozil into the game, get Sanchez into the game, I think they'll run away with it. I think it will be business as usual for Arsenal. Um, I think the th- there's always been this mentality at Arsenal where. Uh, we go out and lose a silly game, but we'll come back and we'll win 4-0 <laughs> to make up for it. Uh, I think Premier League is 
probably the main focus for Arsenal this year. I, I would say Wenger wants to get uh, another one under his belt before he. They have a good chance he, as well. They do have a great he, chance. They have every chance this year. I as think. well as we're talking about Man City doing well, they're. They have mistakes in them, you know, and Arsenal, no team is perfect this year, so, yeah. Exactly, but um, the Ox and uh, Walcott got it, both got injured. Uh, they're they're not out for very long, though, but if if they can't get, if, if they start getting injuries like they did last year, like they did the year before, then... They can be thankful that Giroud's coming back into goal-scoring form as well. That's, that's, that's huge, because usually when players get injured in the past at Arsenal, as you were saying, they, they kind of start to fade away, but... Uh, Giroud if he can just take the reins now and start scoring goals until they come back and get their weapons and their strength and depth back they'll be a force come Christmas you know uh, in a very important period of time Alright so we'll jump to the Monday night fixtures Tottenham Hotspur at home to leaderless Aston Villa and then we'll <laughs> leaderless talk, we'll talk about this one for a few minutes and then I'd say we'll fly through the uh, we'll get a few predictions then for every other game but um, what are Villa going to do without Sherwood? Um, They'll have no tactics. No <laughs> tactics, Tim. Uh, but the thing about tactics, Tim, and the tactics of Aston Villa, the times I've seen them this season, and like they have been in the past, they've been very one-dimensional, focusing around their striker. Uh, Rudy Gisted has been fantastic. He scored the most head of goals in Premier League. Yeah, in the Europe. Championship last season, but in Europe, yeah. In Europe, yeah. Um, that's that's kind of their only go-to option. And if you foil that, it seems Aston Villa have no reply. Tottenham. You don't put them in your accumulator. That's the number mm-hmm. one rule of accumulators. Yeah. You, you you don't you don't back them because when they beat a good team, they oh, I'd say fifty percent of the time they go against a weaker team the next week and they draw. It's usually a draw or or defeat. That's been going for about two decades. Yeah, now, <laughs> that one line. it has. Yeah. Um. Although Harry Kane seems to have caught fire at long last, there was a few question marks. Also, him being English, that's kind of the they're going to be centering the focus around him, and that hat trick was f- very good for his confidence. Uh, uh, it's a very unfortunate. Like Son got injured. You still as well. feel like Kane's just—he's not going to keep it up. No, I'm not. I'm not going like to put him back into my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's for that's one thing. Like he sure. might have another good season, and then in two years he could be playing in League Two. It just <laughs> wouldn't shock you. It's just yeah. because he's English. That's and I think it's because the way he came up about about it. Like he was just kind of given the chance by default and as uh, striker and. Tottenham, you no know, particular was, uh, standout traits. Yeah, there was no big a... money signing as well. It's kind of strange from uh, uh, Barclays Premier League football's um, uh, points, but it was also uh, it was uh, tactics Tim that gave him his chance. It was uh, he, he he brought him up from the academy. He said, "Give him another chance." And why did they ever it? sack him? <laughs> Where do you think he'll go next? Championship? Do you think he a can very hold, good hold out for a, another Premier League job? I think he, he, might, he might hold out till 2017 for the Arsenal job, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't think so, just because also he was given the uh, Tottenham job by default, and people said he did, he wasn't really the rightful king. Kind of the, technicality. He, yeah, exactly, true technicality is right. <laughs> and then he got an Aston Villa job where... Don't forget turning down the Norris shop in between, yeah, mm-hmm. that which was, was nuts. Yeah, that was that was nuts because I personally I think Norwich are a better kind of. You have about six months of Premier League managerial experience on yeah. your CV. That's it. You've he been offered another job and you're turning it down. He had uh, he has forty eight games under his plate as a Premier League manager. Yeah, and I I wonder what the percentage is to win because I wouldn't say it's too high. Um, it was roughly fifty at Spurs, which is all right. Yeah. yeah, which is all right because t- Spurs—that's the kind of percentage I'd say a lot of the managers were getting. Uh, yeah. kind of, but 
I think he has to go down to come back up again, prove himself somewhere else, slower championship, a decent championship it's squad. You just know, just whether he'll let himself do that or not, because he yeah, does he, seem to have this ego that he has this pride. He's how, too good to manage in exactly, the championship. Exactly. Yeah. He, when you when you ever see an interview about him, it seems and this whole throwing his gilet onto the floor. And I like, don't read books. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He seems like he's been there, done that, but he's a young, fresh-faced manager, so he needs to learn as well because he doesn't have that much experience under his belt. All right, so um, we got a Man City and Norwich. We'll just we'll fly through a few of these now. Man City win. Can yeah, anybody see anything? Yeah, otherwise? Nor- Norwich seem to fold under big teams. Uh, we've seen Liverpool like in the Newcastle. Past. Well, just, no, just not back, against Chelsea though. Uh, just back to uh, Tim Sherwood. He has a forty nine percent win. Yeah, uh, <laughs> very good. A good estimation, Gavin. <laughs> New- Newcastle Stoke. 42 percent. Oh, now. That's that's a new one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's so he, he'll one. just take that line out of his CV altogether for uh, the next one. Then. Yeah. What was the next one you were saying? Newcastle and Stoke. Uh, Newcastle have a good record against Stoke, especially under you the. Cannot predict us. You can't Who, predict them. Who's at home? No, no, Newcastle. Yeah, that, that's probably the worst thing for New, Newcastle. Oh, I still have no idea what's going on with them, to be honest. Stoke will get a lot of confidence from the Chelsea result in midweek because uh, that was a fairly full team. That they had a lot of starting players, and the thing is, they were. Very, I'm not going to say I'm not going to be bitter and say they were lucky to win it, but Jack Butland had a very fantastic game and. You know, when when things start to go your way, the confidence starts to go up. And Newcastle, we all know they're kind of in the pits at the moment. Bar, bar that six-two victory that you were, they were unlucky life. last week. I think McLaren could be fair in saying they were hard done by because they, they were, yeah. completely soaked up Sunderland for the first half and just had one moment of madness yeah. in stoppage time, forty-six minutes. It wasn't a red card either. No, one Shoul- nil, one shoulder nil. to shoulder barge. Yeah, Elliot exactly. was going to clean the ball up anyway. Yeah. But somehow the red card gets. Uh, I was out. ridiculous. We're in the game. And I'd say um, Adam Johnson enjoyed that one thoroughly as well. Yeah. From <laughs> yeah. The hardships he has been facing by the Newcastle it was, uh, fans. It was also half term too, so it was a good week for him. Yeah, yeah, it was right. Yeah, not, not yeah, just was was just couldn't seem to crawl it back from there. And even in the second half, they looked a better team for the majority of it, but it just wasn't happening. I think. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be two one Stoke. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, a draw. I'm I'm going with the one all draw, score I, draw. Yeah, I think a draw. I'd probably take a draw as well, just to <laughs> get the confidence back up and. Yeah, it's, it's not very yeah. that you can't. It's doom and gloom kind of. Yeah. No, like I I'm, I'm with you. The I midfield battle will be very interesting. With I suppose we look between the two, like uh, what which Naldum's after doing, and just how Stoke have seemed to sign. All of these Barcelona rejects as well. Although Shakiri, and, and Shakiri. Yeah, I, I, although I don't think Shakiri's been living up to his potential as of much. I there's a lot of people. Oh wow, Shakiri! You know, he never really started for um, for Bayern Munich, and then he went to Inter, and he never really got to grips o- over there as well. And he came to Stoke, and he could have easily. He, was cost he didn't really want to come to Stoke. He, no, he didn't, because at the first time he he turned down the contract, didn't he? And then he said, you know, that's all I'm going to get. Yeah. <laughs> Back in Milan, which it's not very bright there either. They can always rely on John Walters anyway. Oh, spectacular goal if you've seen it. Brilliant. It was just, it was, it was class, and we need that against Bosnia. We will talk about that later again, and we'll come to that. But Jonathan Walters is just—he wears his heart on his we sleeve. We just love it when it hits the underside of the bar as oh, well. It yeah. makes every goal ten times yeah. better. Yeah, oh, absolutely perfect. Everyone rides from their seats because they were under severe pressure at that stage. Watford at home to West Ham. Uh, West Ham. Uh, what is it with them and their away days? Yeah, I don't know. It's not well. Like they go to the big teams and they 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 rob them. It's, they're robbing Hull, you know. Incredible record this yeah. season, but 
I think it's just that kind of that t- them tactics that they like pay that that width that they can make yeah. the pitch a lot wider than they used to. They used to play the four one two one two, you know, that kind of narrow diamond with uh, Nolan, off Andy Carroll and it's, stuff. It and Carrington Cole. They used to have the two big fellas. They're a completely different sides of what they were under Sam. So Adidas. strange now that we're talking about a team here that's gone to Man City and won Liverpool, won Chelsea, won. Yeah. Arsenal Arsenal won yeah. and now we're talking about them away to Watford and, and we're not like, sure oh, I'm not too sure if they're going <laughs> to yeah because Watford are you know they need Watford need to win to, they're, they're what are they like 10th or something they're mid, they're right in the mid table and they're going to look at this as a chance 13th. Of, yeah 13 well 13 points as well yeah they're a good distance off the drop zone they're going to need to see if they can keep going and stretch away from the drop zone because Watford if they stay up they're a team that could actually solidify I think they have a great kind of base there for um, for kind of stabilisation as we've seen with Swansea and Southampton uh, it'd be great to see him uh, winning I, I, it could be easily a draw though all the same because uh, West Ham you just don't know under the ba- the smaller clubs it seems like they get themselves pumped up against the big teams and kind of fade away I think every ones. year when you're talking Premier League about 10 games to 20 games in there's always that one team West Ham this year that's in the mix in the Champions League places <laughs> yeah no um, it is yeah Southampton. It doesn't matter last, how good yeah. they look. Yeah, it will fade. Just, it fades away. I, 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 th- I think so. Yeah, they, they have a great. Like, Pay could start in a lot of Premier League teams. I could see him at Arsenal. That kind of flair and that that passing move. He, he did this one ridiculous thing where he sold William the ball got a crossfield ball and he went to take a touch, but he didn't actually touch. He flicked it over the head. And he went for a shot from nearly the corner flag, but I loved the kind of the cockiness he had against such quality, like a quality opposition. Uh, then you have uh, Valencia Sacco Pace and Andy Carroll's back now Andy Carroll he's coming to France he's going to France <laughs> do, you think, do you think so get your I money on it. it right now we have a, have a chat at home with the lads and it's been called Andy for France to 2015 for the past two years if he doesn't make to France it'll be heartbreaking really yeah why, what you think he's going to be tr- on the plane do you trust him to make it to France on his credentials or is I think um, if he can get like at the end of the day, like if he gets through the season without getting gets, another broken yeah, leg, exactly. <laughs> he's the most injury-prone uh, striker in the Premier League. I mean, if he can get into scoring, then get his confidence back up, he he might actually get to go to France. I'm not sure. The only thing I could say if he goes to France is because he offers a dimension that an English the English player doesn't have. You know, you can bring him on at 70 minutes gone, and if you want to start like hoofing ball up to him he can knock it down he can score headers but That's what I don't think he's going to break I don't think he's going to break into the, that West Ham team maybe if there's a tactical kind of frailty on the other side of the, the pitch uh, they might start him once or twice but they've got uh, there's some very much a 1-0 one yeah. one down with 15 yeah, minutes yeah. to exactly, go man. I think yeah. he'll be an impact sub yeah I, I don't know if you can bring him put him on the plane as an Eng- from an English fan point if if he's, he's not starting for his club day in day out and his fitness is that the biggest question as we were saying well, you know, maybe that's a Donegal kind of thing. It might, it might just, it might just happen. I don't know. You might have inside knowledge that I don't. So West Brom at home to Leicester. It's Jamie Vardy, the new Harry Kane. I uh, no, because he has pace. <laughs> uh, gonna, I'll, I'll bring up the photo. He's saying he's the photo is yeah, that is that is a fantastic. He's displaying talent as well as scoring goals. He is, is yeah, because that was the one thing they were saying last year when Leicester was struggling. Vardy has this fantastic pace, but he doesn't have goals, and he's added goals to his game. Maybe it's. Just confidence, maybe it's luck. Maybe he has actually discovered something that he hasn't discovered before. But 
it's great to see. We love the underdog. We love this this player who's who was underrated before, and now people are starting to put him in their fantasy teams. People are starting to. Uh, you know, look up when they're reading the paper, watching uh, match of the day or something. Think of Mares as captain, yeah, and yeah. Mares as well. They're a fantastic pair, and and I think Claudio Ranieri is a great manager to keep that trend going. Okay, so this is it. Uh, Jimmy Vardy was released by Sheffield Wednesday when he was sixteen. I thought you were uh, just taking Snapchats there. Oh no, uh, he went. He went on. Uh, he he worked in a carbon fiber factory. Uh, five years ago, he was playing the eighth tier uh, for uh, Stockbridge uh, Park. He was earning thirty pound a week. Three years ago, he was playing for a non-league side, Fleetwood Town, earning three hundred and fifty euro a week, and now he's the top goal scorer in the Premier That's League. That's we love that. I, I love it anyway. Do you? Remember when it was Ricky Lambert as well? Yeah, Ricky yeah, Lambert. Yeah, I I just don't think he should have went to Liverpool. It's not his kind of fan. Like that's that was more of a. F- I'm a fan. Yeah, he it was it was a bit like uh, Roy Keane. Yeah, going to Celtic. It exactly. just it didn't make sense, but he just wanted to end his career there. Yeah, so if Everton at home to Sunderland. Is Sunderland gonna fade no. away again? Yeah, after yeah, I think so. Ties? They don't, they don't have, they, they don't have, they just have this thing where they beat Newcastle and get back to their kind of dreary ways. Yeah, every every year. Um, I, uh, Everton six in a row now. Everton are another team. They're a little unpredictable. Uh, they can either score goals for fun or they can concede goals for fun. Uh, but Everton have just. They have tough a, to watch this season. Yeah, they have. Yeah, remember when Robert Martinez first came in, and there was this pass from the back, kind of just em- emphasis on playing from the back and starting moves from the back and then p- progressing forward slowly and pass, 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 pass and then pounce and attack when after about 50 passes per move uh, but they have such class going forward uh, Naismith, Lukaku, Barkley they're just f- brilliant, they're brilliant players they just need to find that kind of formula, that kind of chemistry that gets them goal scoring regularly because sometimes they kind of underperform when you kind of want them to do a little bit better. They're another team not to put in your accumulator um, I'd never put them in Yeah they're another team that will them. let you down they'll draw, they'll draw from losing positions, they'll draw from winning positions you know, they're not a team that Goes out regularly, wins two nil, solid one nil team. It's it's tough to put faith in them, but like it's tough to put faith in a lot of Premier League teams this year. And last but not least, Southampton at home to Bournemouth. That's that's a tough one. I, uh, I think Southampton will have them. I yeah. do, yeah. Just just because they have Ronald Koeman has, has doing good stuff over there. They've got once again like Everton, they have such fantastic attacking equipment. Uh, Pele, Mane, Tadic, Long, I can go on and on. Uh, Shane Long will definitely talk about him <laughs> later. Uh, he, um, they, they have just class all over the pitch, and it makes you think if you go from back to Liverpool, did they buy the wrong centre half? Because Fonz is a fantastic centre half, and they maybe Lovren wasn't the the recipe for success when uh, he was at Southampton. It was Fante who was leading the 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 back line. I think as well, Callum Wilson being injured. Yeah, it's probably the worst thing that could have possibly happened yeah, to Bournemouth this whole were, Premier League season. Yeah, they were, were heavily reliant on them. I think they they bought they bought fairly wisely in in the, in the summer, but they didn't really plan for. They are worst trying case to go scenario. about it the right way. Yeah, financially. Yeah, they are. How long can they keep up this kind of? You need to invest if you want to stay in the Premier League. It's we've seen Burnley. They they didn't invest properly. They didn't do very well in the Premier League uh, there's been other examples as well I, I, yeah. I think it's trying to provide this 
entertaining attacking football that's just leaving you exposed at the back and you're not really going to get away with it yeah we saw with Blackpool a few years ago as well didn't we uh, Charlie Adams scoring up front but then it was three twos and two alls and, and then it just came to kind of foil him at the end of the, the, the league as well It's it's it doesn't really work you need to have an all round solid team you can't just be leaking goals and you need to make your home a fortress and away from home you need to start plugging away and picking out draws Right, so we'll move on. Um, we're going to talk about Ireland and Bosnia. So Martin O'Neill's announced a 39-man squad. Oh, yeah, this isn't rugby. <laughs> that <laughs> makes it very clear who's going to start in yeah. the game. Oh, I think you can still pick out the starting players in that team. There's going to be at least 15 of them that are going to be dropped off uh, the panel. It's a 50-50 game for me because going away from home without your captain, without Johnny Walters uh, due to suspension... Uh, although I will disagree with the John O'Shea suspension the first yellow card was absolutely ridiculous but he mm. should have been smarter uh, with the second uh, it's going to be tough uh, because if Jekko's fit if Jekko's fit if Jekko turns up because Jekko is kind of one of the moody players like Olivier Giroud that you know if he turns up he's brilliant but he could also be a passenger for a team but Bosnia we've seen they're a good side they're not great I give Ireland a 50-50 chance to win the tie uh, it's going to be if we start winning it's probably going to be another case it's going to be the hardest way to win we'll concede a silly goal or something um, but we need to just give our chance at home uh, to bring them back at home and give ourselves every opportunity the best chance to get into the Euros because it'll be fantastic especially going to France after the France oh. handball it'll be just the yeah. best thing ever and hopefully getting drawn in their group I think it's a it's a very unfair thing that Martin O'Neill is doing because I mean, some of these players will want to represent the country at some stage, and when they're getting named in a squad, that's going to be cut ju- like a week before the game. Then Three it, training it, sessions. Yeah, yeah the likes of Greg Cunningham of Preston North End. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it, it, it makes no sense to me. Um, maybe, maybe he's, he he could use the excuse he wants to <coughs> get a look at these players or like build for the future. But I don't know. I think uh, I I'd agree with Breen. Uh, we need to go to Bosnia and get a draw. We, at need, least, we, yeah. need, we need to bring it back to the Aviva mm-hmm. and, get the place rocking like yeah. it was against Germany yeah yeah. we need to bring it back to the Aviva and get a sneaky 1-0 win over it yeah um, I also like doesn't that just drive managers like club managers mad that you're bringing over players who are potentially at, at a threat to get injured and these players are vital players for yeah. their teams well Alan Judge Alan Judge is the Darren Murphy of the championship this year you know uh, it's there's also other players like you've also heard, you've heard Mourinho in the past about Costa with, with Spain like bringing mm. him over even though he's injured and stuff like that like he'll only injure him more like that that's you need to keep a good relationship with uh, club managers giving their players out to international because club comes first to me anyway you know country second it's a it's more of a no I know I know because that's their job you know I know yeah, there's yeah, a, there's yeah. a kind of a there's a kind of a thing a proudness yeah yeah there's a national pride that every player has. Uh, but you gotta take care and not over overstay your welcome in you know in that sense. So who who do you think uh, is going to replace John O'Shea at the back? Then? Well, there's one player I'd love to see, Damien Delaney. Damien Delaney. Delaney is just spectacular. He scored a goal. I know he's they shipped five goals at a at a Man City, but a lot of teams could do that mm. with with just as good centre halves. Uh, it's uh, he scored the goal. I'm not going to say we need him for an attacking point of view, unless we the corners and whatnot. But he's a leader in the back line. The way I just love the way he handled Costa because he gave Costa no, you know, Costa's trying to rough a few feathers. Damien Delaney was having none of that, 
uh, in that game and they turned out to win Costa got taken off and uh, frustrated uh, it's well, you have Mark Wilson you've uh, oh. uh, I think I'd probably go with Mark Wilson yeah yeah and, and you also Richard Kuehl you Richard Kuehl or Darren. it was very good he's very good I, 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 would, st- I would go with Richard Kuehl was a a starter for me um, who, he's an old fashioned centre back play? I think Mark Wilson I think Darren O'Day Paul McShane, I think, and I know this is going to find a few Jeez, giggles, man. but Reading are in. God, uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm, no. I'm, I'm, let me let me speak. Reading are in. They're in the playoff places. I think still in the championship. And if you're going with uh, Derby County centre half and and Mark Wilson, I, like you got to have Paul McShane has been playing very well. Uh, I'm a Reading fan, and we we actually watch a few games together. He's actually not that bad, and he was actually very good for. Hull before they got relegated and you're going to say that's probably why they got relegated yeah. <laughs> but no, he put in some great performances especially I've seen a few t- matches against United he was very good uh, there is that laughing stock feature how how was he in the actual in the panel but, but it, it just hurts my brain when I see him in the starting <laughs> lineup, especially for Ireland because he's just so prone to a mistake a red card a, a mistake a stupid mistake a red card a stupid red card yeah. a stupid pass and that's not what we need we need someone who's going to be solid we need someone who is trusted and Darren or he is Paul, Paul McShane yeah. is just not trusted. But um, I have a question. Do you think would you like to see Cyrus Christie maybe a left back or something? Because I would, I would. Because Stephen Ward, he, he played good against Germany. Everyone played good against Germany. You know, there was just that team thing. But Stephen Ward, even watching him in the friendlies, though, he looks he looks well capable. Oh, very good. definitely, definitely. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start him over Coleman. Um, no, no, no. Against he's, Pol- he's their best player against Poland, arguably. Even though Coleman is a Donegal man, I'm a proud Donegal man myself. I wouldn't have. St- I would have started. Think anyone's going to argue that he is. The Just best because he took the reins, he took the reins against Georgia, and yeah. he was one of the best players on the pitch. Uh, Dunphy was giving him criticism at halftime, and he had to take it back. He said Christie was one of the best players yeah. on the pitch after the game. Uh, I know it's only Georgia, but they needed the result, and they got the clean sheet that gave the platform for a win. You're a Bosnia win. fan, though. Who do you look at when you're saying, "Right, we've got this playoff against Ireland"? Who do you fear? Wes Hoolan, if he starts, where is yes. he going to start? I think that's the biggest mystery, and that could be one of the ma- major regrets of Irish you football. Think if though, they don't they, do you think they're going, oh, where will Wes Hoolan start? That's getting me very worried when, I don't know, I'm, not, just, I'm having a look at their score. No, you're 100% here, right. You're like, but like, look at the, apart from Gibraltar games, Ireland don't really score more than one goal. Do you know? There's not one that, one that team like that gives you that Lewandowski factor there's no match winner that you see straight away that scores that goal I know Shane, <laughs> Shane Long. Long yeah but Shane Long is is he going to start I don't know I don't think he will yeah, yeah I, don't think I thought will. it was a mistake starting him personally I think you have to have the same kind of mindset going away from home against a good side like Poland I don't think he'll start against uh, Bosnia away Away at yeah. home, mm. I would say he probably will start. Yeah. I don't think he'll start him away against Bosnia. Maybe yeah, but and then you have J- Johnny Walters back. I think against uh, in 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 the second leg. So I think Johnny Walters has to start. I think he's he's arguably like probably one of been one of our best players over yeah, the years. The hard work and he he just shows so much passion. He's not even Irish, and he shows the most passion I've seen in an Irish. He, ha- he has that so player long. where you stand up and you start clapping when exactly. he challenges a ball and wins a throw or something or a dodgy kick out like he just gives it your all and if you actually think he actually is born in Dublin or born in any any county in, in Ireland it's just fantastic to yeah. see and he does that with Stoke as well like he's playing in and out it was question marks were they going to sell him this year I was why would you do that he's just a fantastic player he's He's one of them Dirk Kite players, you know. He's a little pit bull terrier. Yeah, pit bull. Rooney, Rooney was the same. Is the same. Te- Tevez, you know that yeah. kind of work hard for your team. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be 
so wrecked when I get off the pitch. I'm going to leave everything on it, you know. Um, so Jossie Walters on the wing, then James McLean starting. Or oh, did James, we mean Enda had a bit James of a left. Um, uh, it's it's a tricky one with James McLean because he came on against Poland and he was he changed the game at home, at home when we drew one all. Shane Long, I know, got the goal, but. James McLean, I always say it, he loves his country more than himself. We'll talk about that when we talk about <laughs> Conor McGregor now. That's what uh, I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it, it, it doesn't really matter who you start because none of them are 100% reliable to have a great game. Aidan McGeady is, you don't know what you're going to get from him. His delivery isn't at all the best. Uh, he, Although he has that kind of X factor. Yeah. He has something, you know. You don't know Does really he have it anymore? I think he does. It's 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 always a matter with McGeady. I've always said this since since he was playing at Celtic, since he moved to the Russian side, since he came to Everton. He's just one of those players. He's the only winger I've ever seen in my life who cannot cross a ball, (laughs) who can't take a a dead piece. Downing Uh, gave it a good go when he played. Yeah, I mean, uh, but he just has this thing about it's something about McGeady that he can create. He can. He just has that one moment of magic in him. That you just won on the pitch against Georgia. And yeah. Sadly, That's we think we've we've had that moment. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I still give him a go. Like I, th- I think the two of them could easily start. The thing is, if you start the two of them tracking back, isn't really their strong points. Uh, away from home, you're going to need some hard working people who you're going to have to think about putting Myler somewhere out, out out in the wilderness, out out in the wide areas. Uh, Robbie Brady, you might think of pushing him into le- left midfielder kind of. Th- he will run up and down. Uh, I think Robbie Brady will get will start he left will. midfield if Stephen Ward does start. Uh, I'd like to see him playing left midfield because that's where he kind of grew up in that position uh, down the road here in uh, Kevin's boys. Uh, solid pitch. <laughs> solid pitch. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. You're one hundred percent right though. Bosnia shouldn't really fear anyone. They should just fear the prospect of what our tactics are going to be, and it's going to be. You know, kind of centre our tactics on. I think they'll just look at our previous results and yeah. they can fear that. But as far as individuals go, they're not going to know who to look at really. Yeah, not 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 to a huge extent. Uh, Saying that they got they got the home draw with Belgium and they did beat Wales yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. The mighty Wales. The mighty Wales. Uh, the the mighty Gareth Bale. Checo. Uh, that's don't, I, I know that's kind of narrow minded. It's only got eight games for Roma so far. Yeah. I know that it's not it's kind of narrow minded but he's such a good good player uh, there was times where Aguero wasn't really scoring for City where you just said like who's going to score the goals and Dzeko kind of would get the hat trick the odd time that important one goal that wins the game uh, then there's other times where he just is Dzeko even playing uh, did he come off you know you just yeah. don't know um, we hope to we hope to God that He's what he's the latter in that sense, you know. I think centre mid is probably our biggest concern. With yeah. Sajnic. Oh, they 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 have they're like Poland. They have a lot of solid players uh, after the quality striker. Um, they've also got a great goalkeeper, <laughs> uh, second string. Even though he's he's playing well for Chelsea, I had to. You know, you you gotta support your team. Um, but. We beat them before in a friendly one nil. I know it was only a friendly. And it was about three years ago, but it was Martin. I think it was Martin O'Neill's first or second game uh, in his tenureship. Uh, so that's something to kind of build around and use the tactics if uh, if they're still relevant. So before we leave that subject altogether, are we going to do it? Yes. Yes. Yes, because. And how do you see it? How do you see it panning out? Um. A draw in uh, yeah. Bosnia and then a 1-0 win. Yeah, w- one all away. The cagey 1-0. One all away, 1-0 at home. We'll take that. So we're going to move on to... <laughs> we're going to uh, take it. <laughs> Poppies. 
Poppies, yeah. Conor McGregor. Um, it's it's a topic that. Will I just read it, out the? Yeah, um, yeah. Go go for the background I'll first. I'll read out the yeah. original Facebook post, which was by the Sean Houston nineteen sixteen Society in Dublin. Picture of Conor McGregor wearing the poppy. The caption comes out to the nineteen sixteen song "The Foggy Dew," then wears poppy, remembering the men who fought to kill and suppress them, and the ideals they fought for. Hashtag crappies don't wear poppies. Yeah. So then McGregor McGregor he, yeah. didn't take it on the chin and walk away. That's McGregor. <laughs> I know where my allegiances lies and I do what I do for my country. I don't need a stupid little flower with a hundred different meanings to tell me if I do or do not re- represent my country. Check the facts of all its original meaning. All soldiers, all wars. I have the blood of many nations on my gloves. Fought and beat on the world stage. You have a pint in your hand and a Celtic jersey in your local. Fuck you and the Queen. <laughs> yeah. And he then didn't hold back. Yeah, he well he's wrong and he's right. Uh he's right because the original meaning is, you know, all wars, you know, it's 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 more of a universal kind of symbol than that the English have kind of adapted. But I can see why there's a bit of tension, the foggy like the, there is it's not an an easy topic to talk about because there's so much heavy opinionated comments from both sides he followed it up as well actually he has another Facebook status here fuck politics and fuck religion I just want to swig a few lefts and swing a few rights for a couple of hundred mil in peace nah that's just a bit the poor chap just just can't make his millions in peace (laughs) that's that's just him being the arrogant person that he is he just just wants to get out there but um, I'd agree with Brian he's wrong and he's right Uh, I think he's right that people need to realise that uh, what like I mean, you're you are a local lad wearing a Celtic top, having a paint. Uh, but just because you're wearing a Celtic top doesn't mean that you uh, were uh, affected by the wars, uh, affected by the wars in Ireland, affected by the wars other places. I think you need to have respect for the families uh, of people who have had uh, members killed in the army. Uh, there is also Irish people fought in World War One and World War Two for British armies and I think uh, people need to respect it but I'd also and they still are there's still Irish the, people still fighting still for there still is but uh, in another point of view I can also see where James McLean comes from it mm. because for him the poppy stands for something else so for him the, the poppy stands for oppression he has tweeted since this as well oh has he people Good. don't want to hear the truth because they don't want their illusions destroyed Good morning. Have a nice day. <laughs> That's a bit of an innuendo there. There's, there's, there is a hidden. That's meaning. possibly. It just says yesterday. It doesn't give the exact time, but it's possibly before the whole McGregor thing. Yeah, maybe, but like, it's but still directed. It means so much to him. Like his family has been through them the troubles, which there's so much hate involved. This is turning into a political debate now. Uh, uh, it's it's really awkward to talk about. I do, I think McGregor should have known what he was wearing that he was going to be drawn but upon. McGregor's this. was intentional. Yeah, there was there was a reasoning I don't behind think it. He made him wear that. Yeah, uh, I he, he put it on for a reason. But um, the the newspaper I was working for over the summer, the editor put up a, a Facebook status and he said like my great grandfather fought in World War One in uh in India for for the British Army to put basically food on the table to get to get um. 
feed his children, you know, and that's a lot of people who were unemployed and stuff. That's what they turned to fighting for the British Army. In the in the end, now so out of desperation and loyalism. Yeah, it's it's history though, you know. At this day and age, it's we're all most of us are fighting the same battle. I don't like how he said, um, "What is it? All wars? What was what, that? Is he? Is yeah, he? All armies, all wars. All armies, like, all wars. Like ISIS, yeah. Russian, Russian armies that are breaking international rules. But I suppose but, the fact that when you believe in something and you die, you know, it's, it's. I don't know. You kind of have to ask him and go on more in depth interview. Yeah, it's 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 a really bizarre one. Uh, I. I'd like to see them too. Is it going to change now the reaction he gets when he fights Aldo? No. No. No, because no. he has a character. I know he has a character. I'm Irish. Uh, we're not here to take power. We're here to take over the Irish, Irish, yeah. Irish, Irish. But I suppose he might have had 55 million people. Now only has 50 England million. As well, yeah, yeah, exactly. He might have more, more than that. Um, he could have had that before and he doesn't anymore. Yeah. He could just get rid of the uh, bandwagon. Uh, fans who are in the pub with the Celtic top on yeah go on because he's Irish I yeah. followed MMA ever since he founded it yeah. back <laughs> in 2013 and uh, that's coming from a Celtic fan yeah <laughs> yeah no it's 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 gonna be interesting to see but it's not gonna affect him anyway he's an arrogant person as it is he's that Jose Mourinho type his self belief is more than anyone else in in the, on this planet I have a feeling Jose Mourinho goes home though and still has that self belief and arrogance and Conor oh, McGregor, I don't know. I think it it drops once the cameras are gone. Yeah, it could be all for the show. Like you see him uh, slagging uh, other fighters in press conferences, and then there was a picture with uh, Gunnar Nelson, and uh, there's there's other fighters of him. They're just talking and laughing, and and you know, I think it's all just for the cameras. But that's the business he lives in. He's he's a part actor, part fighter, in my opinion. Uh, I think I like to see him in, on on the big screen at some stage because he's an entertainer. Maybe even in theatre, a, a, a panto. <laughs> the gaiety panto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Anybody else want to do Conor McGregor impressions no, before no. we go? <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, all right, that's that's all we have time for. Thanks very much, gentlemen, and we'll talk to you later. No, thanks a million. I will love it if we get Oh yeah, we're not yeah. here. Oh, we're not here. Oh. Yeah. You can't excuse me.